You're listening to Brumpod, the podcast for small businesses by small businesses, discussing the topics that matter to you, including marketing, networking, generating business awareness, as well as covering various business tools and technology. Brought to you by Brummies Networking, the home of free, stripped-back business networking. Produced by AudioShed Podcast Studio. Welcome to episode 56 of Brumpod. I'm Richard Heathcote, and I'm here, as ever, with Jason and Ewan. Hello. Hello. And we're back to our old friend LinkedIn today, uh, because they've now rolled out a whole new service for freelancers, specifically the Freelance Services Marketplace. So, Catchy. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's uh, memorable. But it could be good. It could be good. So as we know, LinkedIn donkeys years ago started out as a glorified CV posting notice board. But over the years, they have become more relevant. They've become more useful, feature-rich. And now, in this day and age, they do have a far greater focus on business owners and freelancers generally, because there are more people setting up businesses and becoming freelance than ever before. For many years... It had a big focus on it being mainly for employees using it to find future roles and recruiters using it to find new candidates through their inbuilt platform. And over the years, they've adapted to more current trends, seeing how people work in the modern world. Uh, And apparently the last decade has seen a huge surge of people moving away from full-time, long-term employment into shorter-term freelance roles, or even obviously setting up businesses of their own. And of course, a good chunk of that now is used for networking. So far more interactive than the old-fashioned CV and jobs board it used to be. So initial thoughts, gents. Ewan? Initial thought, obviously, is that if you're in business, especially business to business, then you should be on LinkedIn if you're not. But this platform, I mean, I, I have concerns that it's going to be you know, another fiver and it's all going to be... Uh, based on how cheap you are, although at the moment there aren't, uh, you don't have to put prices on it as I understand it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, as somebody who is effectively freelance, then potentially it helps. Yeah, so they're they're now launching this freelance service marketplace, and it's essentially set to rival the likes of Fiverr, Upwork, uh, and I guess and things like People Per Hour and uh, freelancer.com as well. So it's going to be something where you can add a new feature to your profile, which is all free. It's not under a paywall of the uh, the paid LinkedIn or anything. It's free for everybody. As of last week, it's a brand new um, launch. After a, a beta in the US in February, it's now fully available to everybody as of uh, last week. So you can add more features to your profile. You can add a little banner automatically to your profile picture that says open to work. And you can select the kind of work that you're available for. Um, With the idea behind it being anyone that's searching LinkedIn for your services, it should hopefully ensure your profile gets pinged up more often than it would otherwise, I guess. So if people are looking for people to fulfill specific jobs, let's, for instance, say something like graphic design, then, or, you know, fly design, business card design. Logo Why not pick branding. voiceover work, Richard? Why not voiceover? <laughs> well, I don't want to be too voiceover-centric. But it hopefully Go it with what mean, you know. 
well, I don't know that much, but I, you know, I get by. Um, but it should mean that if your profile consists of those specific keywords, I suppose, then your profile then should show up as a service offering. So the, yes, unlike things like Upwork and uh, Fiverr and things like that, it's not going to be something where someone just pitches a job and then you submit your proposal, which so many of them do. Because this is what we were worried about, as you said. We, we don't want it to be a race to the bottom with people focusing on prices alone. Uh, apparently, they, they have put some safeguards in to ensure that doesn't happen. So it is, it's more of a passive activity, this. So you're the person that adds all these things to your profile. It's up to the client or potential client to contact you uh, to inquire about your services for their project, just so they don't get inundated with, you know, thousands of people putting in their pitches. And then that's, you know, when things can start to race to the bottom with, uh, I can do it for a thousand. I can do it for 999. So that's- Suicide bidding where people put in the lowest quote they can possibly get away with um, in order to win the client rather than the actual business. Yeah, and that's at the expense of everyone else, the market, and also themselves because they're doing themselves a disservice. Which would just treat pitching for jobs as a a Dutch auction, which yeah. is no good for anybody really, unless yeah. you're Dutch. Oh. Well, yeah, <laughs> and of course, what uh, the client ends up not getting is is the service that they probably really want. Yeah, you know, they get the thing, but all the the things around that, the um, you know, the promptness, the the handholding, they don't care. That can cut both ways. One of the biggest arguments in, for example, the building trade um, was that builders were undercut by people that didn't necessarily cut corners on the job; they cut corners elsewhere. If you've got a builder who's experienced and knowledgeable and knows what he's worth and charges what he's worth because he's got a mortgage to pay on a five-bedroom property, then he's going to go in high. Where if you've got, you know, a bunch of lads that are all living in a bedsit and their rent is a lot cheaper and their overheads are lower, they can do the same quality of work but charge less because they can work on a thinner margin. So it's not always about you get what you pay for. I mean, what fascinates me about this idea is two things to remember about LinkedIn. As Richard put it earlier... LinkedIn was a a recruitment site. You uploaded your CV. People checked you. They checked who you knew. They checked what part of a network you were for, and it evolved into a social network. Not a social media. You don't broadcast on it. You social network where you become useful. You refer business. You share knowledge. You're judged by the company that you keep. But LinkedIn also wants to do what Fiverr and all those other sites do, which is... If you're a freelancer, you can pitch for contract short-term work. The advantage LinkedIn has, it can tie in the two. So, for example, if Ewan was responding to a, um, a requirement for business development roles or, or coaching or strategy, he can put his proposal in, but on top of that, they can check out his profile and see who he is, who the mutual connections are, what kind of standard of work he does, what kind of testimonials he has. And they can judge not just on the price, but on who's quoting the price. That 
that's a massive advantage for LinkedIn. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it's it's a kind of thing that even on say Fiverr that people should be doing. Yeah, because but that's that extra step of going to a different platform and finding that person again and then looking at all the details. It's the whole point since Microsoft took over LinkedIn is to bring everything into one ecology. You know, you've got LinkedIn chat, which will eventually line up with Teams and it will all go under one ecosystem because you don't really want to go searching elsewhere unless you genuinely mistrust the information from uh, the platform that the information is displayed on. No, absolutely. Especially now they're bringing out the video functions as well, video meetings, and they're certainly looking to expand the way that they can be useful in the modern yeah. workplace, which is no bad thing. I mean, yeah. as far as the video stuff, as we discussed on a previous episode, you know, could it be a little bit too little too late? Probably not, because they've got the captive audience, but time will tell, of course. Um, we don't have to be the first to market. You only have to be the best in market. We yeah. said before, yeah. The iPhone was not the first mobile phone on the market, but it's one of the few that can command a thousand pound for the, you know, the latest new model. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Facebook was not the first social media website um, on the market. Anyone remember MySpace or Friends Reunited? People talked about them, yeah. Yeah, so it's that thing that if LinkedIn bring in a, the right product and connect it well, you know, that it could be a huge success. They've had their failures in the past, you know, stories yeah, ain't doing that well on Facebook. It was, a, you know, it's, it's quietly dropped its way from LinkedIn. And then there was ProFinder, which uh, I think you were a big fan of, weren't you, Richard? Uh, yes, it was you and the spotted it that, uh, yeah, I, I remember looking at ProFinder um sometime last year or could have been before that um and i tried to sign up for it but i think at the time it was either us only or in beta or something so it wouldn't allow me to um but now this freelance service marketplace has now superseded that so when you on linkedin if you click the little square dots grid icon in the top near your profile picture where it says work uh, there used to be a button in there that said ProFinder, and now it says Service Marketplace. So uh, it has superseded that. So they've clearly, you know, fleshed it out far more, and now obviously launched it to everybody. Yeah, I mean, I think I the timing is brilliant on this because we've come out of a pandemic. We've come out of massive changes in how we perceive business, um, hybrid working, remote working, and now keywords on you know job vacancies um, the just-in-time delivery system has disappeared from manufacturing and industry but it's reappeared in a smaller form with things like Amazon Prime deliveries and um, you know getting your groceries you run out of shopping and uh, you can get somebody to just throw it in a backpack and bring it to your house within 20 minutes all these things have changed and in the future you will have a lot of startup businesses that couldn't afford a full-time director or business coach or even salesperson. But what on, on their salary, you couldn't afford them. But on a day rate, they could come in 
and they could provide knowledge and advice and guidance and maybe even schedule follow-ups. It's going to be a lot more about short-term jobbing contracts. I think, you know, this idea that having a career, as in being with one company for a sustained period of time, is becoming less and less popular. Um, it's, I think it's also, in fairness, becoming less and less possible. That I definitely agree with. And yes, it also offers, talking to hybrid, it, they also offer options as well, finding work so you can filter it to work that's uh, remote, hybrid, or on-site. So depending on what your job is and how you work, then, yeah, there's clearly you know various options available to you. So it isn't just for uh, people that are remote. There are other options as well. Um, so it, it does mean that it's something that you don't actively have to keep scrolling through job or project boards, I suppose, like the other websites do. So in, as the service offerer, I think that's probably a bit better, really, because otherwise you can spend hours and hours just scrolling through various uh, pages of things, jobs that need doing, and spending a lot of time putting in various pitches. And even if it's only a couple of lines and a price, you know, if, if you're doing that to multiple things all the time, it can eat up a fair chunk of your day. So because they're doing this the other way around and letting the the work offerer contact the person that offers the service, hopefully that will mean that it's going to be better for the freelancer. I'm hoping. Pretty straightforward reciprocation. We've seen it elsewhere. You look at the um, the taxi apps that you can get. You know, there's Bolt, Uber, Ola. You can rate your driver to say whether he was polite, courteous, on time, the standard of the vehicle, they can also rate you. So what happens is that your account, you can open up and ask for a cab. And if you've got a good rating, then those there's a couple of drivers in the area that will happily take your business. Your response time from calling a cab to getting it will improve because people want your business. The ones with a bad rating, they may have to wait a little longer because only the cab driver that doesn't have a better fare to pick up will actually consider. Now, yeah. I think that's a good thing because it forces the customer to be well-behaved as much as the service provider. Yeah, I thought that I had seen something that kind of reciprocal recommendations or whatever weren't possible. I, th I think it did. It did say something in the article we found on uh, TechCrunch that there is, I think, going to be a system where yes, you can sort of receive uh, ratings. Uh, so rather than just the, the normal process of someone posting a testimonial to your profile, there is now going to be a sort of additional uh, rating system as well. How reciprocal that will be, I'm not sure at the moment. But yeah, the, the, it looks as though that will be again fleshed out a little bit further for allowing ratings ratings won't be so important on this linkedin offering though because you have your profile to back you up yeah uh, you know we have yeah. seen ratings weaponized in the past um where somebody has actually said you know i want a discount or i want this or i want that or i'm giving you a crap review on TripAdvisor." Yeah. To the point where people have then, you know, what's that famous meme? Come in and try the worst pizza anybody ever had ever, according to one guy on TripAdvisor. Where was that? Uh, I don't know. I mean, there was there was one in uh, Milton Keynes recently where um, 
Tommy Robinson was refused service by the staff. Yes, I spotted that. Now, their first response is, we're going to basically do you on TripAdvisor. And yeah, they started getting slated online. They also got a lot of support and following online. So the actual reviews are heavily biased towards who's reviewing them and almost become nonsense. You wouldn't have that on LinkedIn because if you did some voiceover work for a company and they were an absolute nightmare, and then they actually said they wanted not just your voice, but somebody else's voice. And then you had to go and source that other person to do the voice. And then they said, well, we're not paying them. We were paying you and you get it and you pay them. And in the end, it's a complete nightmare and you part company and it's like, oh, I would never deal with them again. And they go, oh, you know what? We thought we got this great guy and the voice was fine, but the service was terrible. It wasn't. It was that they were bad, but they will slate you. But that won't matter because everyone else sees your LinkedIn profile and goes, don't know what happened there, but, you know, that's atypical. So I wouldn't give that review a lot of credibility. I feel a bit put out now and it hasn't even happened. <laughs> I know. You feel like you want to go on their, you know, fictitious profile and leave a scathing fictitious review. And it hasn't even happened. <laughs> Honestly, you guys I bet worry you... me sometimes. Oh, at the moment, Richard's <laughs> going to get up after this podcast and kick his imaginary dog. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it, it, it is that nice safety net that you're not purely judging somebody's work on a potentially biased one-off review. You can go to their profile and look at the body of work, the number of contacts they have, the number of mutual contacts they have. Because one of the great things about hiring somebody within your network is they have a reputation to uphold. They can't just do a runner because you've got mutual friends and word gets around. They're more likely to do something. That's why you always say, tell them you're a friend of mine, they'll look after you. That's how a network works. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. But as 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 well, you know, on some of the other platforms, you know, people are more or less anonymous, and on LinkedIn they're not, and you know where to find them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong; there will still be some negatives. We talked about the race to the bottom. That can still happen. You can still have people competing, undercutting. Um, choosing the wrong client, sorry, the wrong provider because of the company they keep rather than the work that they do. So, you know, it it will be very much a a double-edged sword. Yeah, just trying to work it out because I had a little little play on it a bit earlier on. And I put in uh, strategic planning Mm -hmm. and got 101,000 results worldwide. Now, Presumably, you know, if if you're in the market for a freelancer, you need to narrow it down, uh, both geographically, if if that's relevant, and by um, by your search terms, so that you're getting exactly what you want. Yes, I, th- I think there was a, a, f- a thing in the article that mentioned that the the person searching for a freelancer. Uh, we'll have ways to search based on yes uh, location and as well uh, whether they're either you know first or second con- degree connections and that kind of thing. So there will be a fair few filtering uh, options as well to to find the person that 
you're looking for. But it's important for you to make sure that you get your your own description right. Because something I've said about LinkedIn profiles in the past is be direct about what you do. I know people love these impactful statements, you know, the riddles. If you're a photographer, state you're a photographer. You're not some evangelist for the digital imagery media because no one's going to type that into a search engine. They're going to type photographer. And if you're not listed as a photographer, you're not going to get found. And, you know, my personal preference here is if I ask somebody what they do, I want them to tell me like I'm five. I want to understand immediately what you do and who you do it for so I can go, I know someone that needs your services. If you respond with a, you know, what do you think I do? So, or my first is in camel, but not in canoe. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm going to try and, that one, Jason. At the next yeah. Brummies, I'm going to try that. <laughs> but you cannot stress enough the importance. You know, my LinkedIn profile says sales manager, self-storage. I promise you, I have received business from people that have searched sales manager, self-storage on LinkedIn. My name was the first one that came up. Not the guy that said delivering excellence. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, yeah. it, it's got to mean something, and as well, it's got to get it across in the first few words, so that you know you're not having to search for the end of the sentence or even the paragraph. I must make a note to have a look through the uh, the marketplace and just see how many people list themselves as ninja or guru. Yeah, <laughs> I, have a feeling I it's mean, going to be quite a lot. How disappointed would you be if you went to this new product and you were actually looking for a ninja? Well, quite. They, they're the ones that should be put out by this stage. Exactly. So, 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 what style do you use? You know, do you and have you ever actually killed someone? <laughs> well, you're a graphic designer. <laughs> okay. So they might have died of boredom. <laughs> right. That's alienated our graphic design audience. Anyway, other industries are available. <laughs> No, my son is studying to be a graphic designer. And this is the kind of thing where you may not see him join a firm or, you know, set up him. He might just set himself up as an independent graphic designer. And then what you'll find is that with certain jobs, they'll collaborate. There'll be little collectives that take on bigger projects and they will never actually be an agency or a company in their own right. They will be almost like those session musicians where they play on loads and loads of famous records, but they're not a band in their own right. Yeah. So that is what the future will hold for a lot of this industry and not just the creative. Although you could argue that sales and business strategy <laughs> involves a huge amount of creativity. But well, yeah, it, it's, it, this could be the start of a seismic shift away from you know, long-term permanent contract work and people just taking work where they can find it and maybe focusing less on having a career and more on having a life. And it's, it's also worth noting that um, although LinkedIn charges fees for the various recruiting products they do, like they uh, are famous for for bygone years, they're not currently charging any fees for this new freelancer marketplace. 
I mean, that may well change. Who knows? And it's LinkedIn. Emphasis on currently, I think. Yes. Yes. Um, there's, at the moment, 250 job categories. They're expanding it to 500 in due course. Um, there's likely going to be further features being added or expanded on in the future as well. So it, it's the fact it's free, it's worth checking out. It could well be useful. And if it opens up your profile to uh, potentially more people looking for your services, then certainly no harm in it. I'm going to check it out this afternoon and add it to mine. Exactly. Well, while it's free, why not? I mean, mm. they say currently, it's like, you know, never say never, which is a difficult motto because I've already said it never three times now. <laughs> And as we mentioned about our fears about it being a race to the bottom for pricing and things, uh, TechCrunch did an interview with uh, Matt Faustman, who's LinkedIn's product manager. Um, and he said that for now, there's no way of negotiating a fee for work directly through the platform, uh, nor for invoicing. Uh, and those people looking, uh, looking to find people are not required to give any specific guidance on fees until they get into a deeper conversation with the candidates. I mean, in my mind, I take that as, well, that's exactly how freelancers would work anyway. You based it on a base pricing on a project basis, depending on what the specs are. So that all makes sense. And they do plan on combating lowballing of rates uh, because they also went on to say freelancers often suffer uh, from a lack of transparency on rates and run the risk of being exploited as a result through uh, lowballing. Um, he's acknowledged that that is an issue and said it, it is a point of contention within LinkedIn's product team and they will be addressing the pricing point, but they decided not to uh, for now. So what that means in the future, who knows, but worth keeping an eye. Yeah. yeah now, interesting. Go ahead. So I, I did have something interesting to say. And this is of interest <laughs> to me and, and people of, of my particular legal background. Um, which is that Matt Fasman joined LinkedIn from uh, a site called Alp Council, which is the kind of equivalent for kind of finding lawyers in uh, the state. So if you want an attorney and you you know for a for a short term project, you can use that. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. I said it was only interesting to me. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm <laughs> sure there are there are. Dozens of people that that would be interesting to <laughs> out there. Other topics of interest are available. <laughs> no, low ball, none, none of the issues that we're talking about are unique to this platform because low balling happens everywhere. Um, yeah. You know, as I said earlier, the construction industry is one of the key ones. People will, you know, we had to introduce a minimum wage to stop a race to the bottom. So that there's certain, you know, protections and guarantees, you know, these things are nothing new. You will find that as this is launched, people will try and find the loopholes and work out how to exploit them and they will be shut down and it will develop. So at first it may feel slightly odd. It may feel like you're taking an early adopters are taking a punt on it, but it will develop in line with the consumer needs. And I think it could be, it could be a game changer. Yeah. And well, there's it, no it, real cost to, to signing up, not even in terms of the uh, the hassle of, of getting listed. No, and I, I think if anything, it's, it's worth being uh, visible, especially in the early days, because you may well get uh, found ahead of anybody else. In, in, their, in their beta, they had 
I can't remember what the article said. No, it was something like 200 million LinkedIn users in the States. And when they opened the beta, they in- immediately had about 2 million sign up for this thing. So, uh, you know, it's it's well worth checking it out, especially in the early days. It doesn't cost anything. If you're a freelancer, obviously, then certainly no harm in it. So in conclusion, I think overall, this hopefully means some good news for the small business and freelance sectors. Aiming to open up to new markets and clients through the LinkedIn platform, which over the years has certainly become, for all its issues and problems, it's certainly become more and more relevant and more useful, more user-friendly and feature-rich than ever before. And of course, it keeps LinkedIn relevant for the future if they're focusing on other people rather than just employees, which is certainly their history. So all in all, we think it's some good news. It's well worth checking out. Have a look in your profile. Uh, in your edit profile, there's some options to sort of add the open to work elements. Um, and we'll obviously put a link to the article and some further info in the episode notes as well. So thank you for listening. We hope you've enjoyed this and found it useful. And we shall catch you next time. You've been listening to Brumpod, the podcast for small businesses by small businesses. Brought to you by Brummies Networking, the home of free, stripped back business networking. Produced by Audio Shed Podcast Studio. Follow us on Twitter at Brumpod. You can follow and subscribe to future episodes using Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, and several other podcast platforms. Just search for Brumpod. And if you've enjoyed what you've heard, then please do consider leaving us a review. Music by Bureaucratic. We'll see you on the next episode.